This is WAND In-Depth. This podcast contains mature content. If you are listening with children, be warned. She was just a month away from her third birthday. Two-year-old Tanasia Barnes died cold and hungry. I didn't understand how anybody could do that. Police arrested the child's mother, Tawanika Davis, and her mother's live-in fiancé, Anthony Myers, for the death of the girl. Her mother, Tawanika, admitted to killing her firstborn child. The recommendation is that she received 20 years in the Illinois Department of Corrections. While a jury found Anthony Myers guilty of first-degree murder. What they did to her, there, there was no time in the world that can bring her back. Or, you know, it's just, I think they got a slap on the wrist. But before that guilty plea in trial, a major hearing would happen at the state capitol. As you know, we're here to discuss the safety of our precious children. The family's involvement with DCFS prompted lawmakers to come together and decide if there was more the agency could have done to prevent Tanasia's death. This is Lost Innocence, the Tanasia Barnes story, episode 5. The death of two-year-old Tanasia Barnes struck the Decatur community. Somebody has to speak for her, even if it's the neighbors, whoever. We all, you know, everybody needs to stand up. This is not right. Neighbors and community members held vigils, all to honor and remember a life lost too soon. While many mourned her death, questions began to rise about the family's involvement with DCFS. From December of 2017 to October 2018, the agency worked alongside the family with different programs and assistance. Tawanika and Anthony completed everything that was needed of them in order to get their kids back. And the case with DCFS officially closed on October 24, 2018. Four months later, Tanasia died. Illinois' 96th District State Representative Sue Shear wondered if there was more the department could have done to have prevented the toddler's death. Do you remember hearing about, the, you remember hearing the name Tanasia? Oh yeah, I remember how the whole thing, it was so traumatic to me. Now Illinois' 96th district encompasses communities from East Springfield to Decatur. The death of Tanasia Barnes happened in Representative Shear's district. Once the details surrounding the toddler's death surfaced, Representative Shear knew something needed to be done. I was heartbroken and saddened. And I've been through some DCFS experience in my teaching years. And I remember looking up at heaven and thinking, this never ends. This just never ends. We've got to do better than what we're doing. And I just, my, my heart just went out to what that little girl had been through. Those days after her death, Representative Shear had a three-hour phone call with Representative Sarah Feigenholz. Now, at the time, Representative Feigenholz served as the chair for Illinois' Adoption and Child Welfare Committee. Both knew something needed to change within the system. I asked her to allow me to have a subject matter hearing, which I wasn't a member of the committee. So it was kind of a big deal to ask for a subject matter hearing when you're not the chairman, much less even a member of the committee. Not even a month after her death. The House Adoption and Child Welfare Committee. Representative Shear and members of the House's top child welfare committee gathered at the Illinois State Capitol to examine the death of Tanasia Barnes and get a better understanding of what changes they could make to help DCFS. What has been happening is not acceptable. 
and we're here right now to listen to the professionals. To be clear, my intent in calling for this subject matter hearing is not to point fingers. Rather, it is to take suggestions of this committee and those testifying and develop legislation that will guide DCFS. In a packed room, Committee Chair Representative Feigenholtz called the hearing to order. DCFS's Interim Director Deborah Dyer-Webster and the agency's Inspector General Merrill Paniak took the stand to answer questions and talk about DCFS's involvement with Tanasia Barnes and her family. And I just want um, the record to reflect that the intent of this is not to finger point or play gotcha. This is not a committee where we play partisan games. This is a committee that I hope will problem solve so that we have less cases like this that we ever have to hear. The agency's interim director walked well, committee members through the family's involvement with them. She detailed the specific dates the case opened, when the child was returned, and the final hotline call about immunizations that was made three months before her death. Now, a major question Representative Shear wanted answered was what is the accountability of immunizations for children who were once in DCFS care? I'm just really, really worried about once they go back into their natural home, and we all want that. Please don't get us wrong on that. I'm sure everybody in this room wants that. My worry is if the case is closed and they're back home, who's watching out for this little child who can't talk yet, who can't walk yet? Um, who can't use the bathroom by themselves or feed themselves yet. Who's watching out for them? So if my thought is if they have to be seen by the doctor, then that's another mandatory reporter of two eyes on that child. Interim Director Deborah Dyer-Webster responded. While a child is in DCFS care, we ensure that they receive the necessary timely immunizations. Once the child returns home to the family, um, there's no law that requires that family to get immunizations for that child. The hearing continued with several questions about hotline worker training, how many cases a social worker would have, and how home checks worked. But Representative Shearer wanted to get to the bottom of the six-month follow-up care because during Tanasia's family's involvement, Webster Cantrell Hall was the private sector assigned to their case. Now, six-month follow-up aftercare started in March when Tanasia was returned to her father. However, those six months didn't restart when the child was placed back into the care of her mother in August. During the time of the hearing, Illinois' 4th District Representative Ramirez wanted to know how the six-month follow-up care worked and if changes could be made to it. It appears to me that when the child was returned to the mother on August 8th, the, the six-month aftercare requirement should have restarted at that moment. And it makes me wonder if that aftercare support had been in fact in, implemented or be, had restarted at that moment, if Tanaja Barnes would have still been alive today. Because that would have meant that, by that it would have gone from August 8th to February 8th and they found her body, or they brought, they found her on, um, on February 11th, um, weighing six pounds less than she weighed when she was returned home. And so I really can't stop thinking about what would have happened if, in fact, this child would have had the aftercare that was necessary, and we did not provide for her. And the state, 
you know, and we as a state have a lot of responsibility to her death, and I take that very personal. And I certainly will do whatever it takes within this committee, and I think with my colleagues, to ensure that what happened to her doesn't happen to any more of our children, particularly her black and brown children. The hearing lasted close to an hour and 30 minutes. Representative Shearer said questioning DCFS interim director and its inspector general was uncharted waters. I was very pleased with my, my peers. They asked some tough questions too. And of course, you know, new governor, everything was in flux. And uh, I talked to the governor personally about it. And I said, I know you're probably not real happy at me right now on this, but uh, happy with me, I should say, but it had to be done. And you just happened to walk in right into this. I mean, he'd only been governor a couple weeks when this all started. I said, but this is a royal mess that needs to be cleaned up. Governor J.P. Pritzker was in office for only two months when the hearing happened. He said in a letter to the committee in part, Protecting Illinois' most vulnerable child is a responsibility that my administration takes very seriously. The Acting Inspector General's report released on January 1st details deeply troubling findings and my office is committed to preventing these profound tragedies. DCFS has taken several initial steps to address some of the IG's findings. We hope to work with our committee as well as other stakeholders and advocates on other investments, strategies, and priorities. Representative Shearer explained the majority of the details released in the hearing. She already knew but it would give the committee a better understanding of what she wanted in the bill. I had already figured that all out from all the millions of different people that I had talked to. I mean, I had talked to and had so many meetings, you wouldn't even, I mean, I bet I had 30 meetings over this. And so I kind of, I still wanted to ask the question so it would be on the record so people would understand why my bill was saying what it did. With the additional information about DCFS's involvement with Tanasia and her family, Representative Shear would begin the work on House Bill 1551. It was a long process, and you can always judge how um, important and impacting a bill is by how many amendments ha it had. And this would have an amendment, then we'd take that off and change it in another. Lawmakers would push the bill back and forth, making amendments and having discussions. But on May 29, 2019, just three months after her death, House Bill 1551 would pass both the Illinois House and Senate and head to the governor's desk. Representative Shearer described what was encompassed in that bill. One was the aftercare, that now there's the aftercare after each child comes home instead of just what it used to be, the last child of however many. I mean, you could have seven kids. Think of that. This could be over years. Um, so that was very important to me. Another thing that was very important is that when you go in the home, that there's this safety checklist. So um, when the caseworker goes in, she's got a checklist and she's got to check off. You know, is there hot running water? Is there heat in the home? You know, it, are there uh, it, it, um, a bedroom for the child to sleep in or a bed of some sort or something, you know? Um, Okay, so then another one near and dear to my heart, having been a teacher, was a mandated reporter. Now, um, as it stood before, if you were a mandated reporter as a teacher, you would see something, you would have to call right the hotline. It was treated just like their ex-husband that's just mad and getting back at them. So I said, no, if it's a mandated reporter, 
it has to at least be looked at and investigated. In addition, there is a requirement for immunizations and well care checks. That may not seem like a big deal, but that's why we do that, not only for the child's health, but also so there's an extra set of eyes. The doctor's looking, the nurse is looking to see if there's anything going wrong. August 9th, 2019, just seven months after her death, Governor J.B. Pritzker signed House Bill 1551 into law, and it took effect January 1st, 2020. Now, the representative behind it all is working to change the name House Bill 1551 to Tanasia's Law. I've passed so many bills. I don't even remember all their numbers, but when, when you called me, I'm like, House Bill 1551. I'll never forget that number, never. I mean, it's like sometimes you wonder, did I teach all those years to prepare me for this moment? And I, I think I changed lives. I think I changed lives with this bill, and I'm hoping that I've saved lives. The revamp and the investment in DCFS was encouraging to many around the state. Indicator, Baby Talk, an agency that works directly with families, felt motivated. It's really important that we always strive to do better for our families and for our children. This is Cindy Bartolabin, the executive director of Baby Talk. It's our role in our society, as a society, that we make sure our children are safe and they have those basic needs met. So if a revamping of some laws needs to happen, then, then let's do it. Let's learn as we go. You see, Baby Talk works directly with organizations around the community to create safe and loving environments for kids and families. When we asked Cindy her thoughts on House Bill 1551, she said as a mandatory reporter, seeing the change to make sure a follow-up is completed after that initial hotline call is encouraging. As mandated reporters, we're trained. Um, we know what to look for. Um, and so we don't make, I, I, I've made numerous mandated reporter calls and you don't take that lightly. And we have protocols within the organization about how to do that. Um, and again, it's really thinking about what is the best interest of the child. You know, the whole mandated reporter is really a, a large part of what we, we do and we take that very seriously because we care so much. And that's the bottom line, because as a community, we care so much about you. We care so much about your baby. And that's our heart, and that's why, that's why we're saying these things. A former social worker who has experience with DCFS in Springfield and in a public defender's office said all systems, not just DCFS, could use a revamp and have the fresh set of eyes on the policies. I think a revamp in the system could put shine a light on some gray areas that there are and hopefully start to um, make policies that will change and correct some of the things that have gone wrong in the past. And the work doesn't stop for lawmakers. Illinois Senator Julie Morrison said her goal for 2021 is to prioritize DCFS legislation. DCFS is an agency that probably has the most difficult mandate there is. And, but given that, it is a huge responsibility that I don't think the agency is doing as well as they can or that we should expect them to. When you go into a home to do an investigation of a child that's been abused, or neglected, um, the state needs to come in with resources to prop that family up if appropriate, or to remove that child if he or she is in danger. I haven't seen consistent programming um, across the state to really do that. 
I don't, it's unfortunate that legislators feel they have to legislate behavior and protocol, but um, sometimes that's what is required to get the ball rolling and to get that discussion. Senator for Illinois' 29th district said the passion for change stems from a long history of watching the agency as an Illinois lawmaker. And just recently, she launched a task force to analyze DCFS and child welfare in the state. Well, I think this is an agency that needs to be really looked at. Um, one of the things that came out of these tragedies is that I set up a task force or a, um, a bicameral um, bipartisan working group. And we are continuing to work. This is our second full year. We have three members from the House Dems, three members from the House Republicans, three members from the Senate Dems, three members from the Senate Republicans. And we meet kind of informally to really go over legislation that we're all filing, problems that we are individually seeing across the state in our own districts, but also system-wide, and to try to work together across party lines and geographic lines to come up with some, um, some advice and some protocol for DCFS. The senator has two bills planned, one to provide resources to intact families and the other to help social workers at social service agencies that work with DCFS. Of how we keep trained people in those provider agencies. This bill provides um, stipends for when they are finishing their degree. So for two years, each of the last two years, whether it's an MSW or a bachelor's degree, if you agree to work for one of these provider agencies and get paid, um, you can have a $10,000 stipend per year to help pay your tuition. The idea is that we know these providers can't pay nearly the kind of rate that DCFS does or offer everything DCFS might. But if you're not having to make that loan payment, that student loan payment, we're hoping that you'll stay and, um, and really contribute to the agency and hopefully be a, a long-term part of it. Lawmakers like Senator Julie Morrison and Representative Sushir said there is much more to be done with getting people motivated and wanting to work in child welfare. One of the most important things is we need more caseworkers. And so there's got to be a way to motivate someone to want to be a caseworker perhaps put an incentive or something like that. And we need to find people that have the true passion for the career. With her name at the forefront, Tanasia Barnes won't be forgotten. Her story pushed people like Representative Sushir to invoke change. A lot of people blamed the system for her death. Can you blame a system that didn't have some of these resources, didn't have some of these things that you're talking about? Can you blame them specifically for their death? You know, blame's a tough word. Parents have to take responsibility to treat their children decently. There's actually, and I was reading about this just as recent as last night, there's a whole parenting thing that's part of the rules of DCFS. Of they have to educate their children. They have to feed them. They have to clothe them. And so I'm not going to say blame because I know the people at DCFS and they have good hearts, most of them. And that's where I'm talking about we need caring people. I'm not going to blame the parents because I don't know their life story. Maybe they had severe mental illness. Maybe 
You know, that child should have never been in their family to begin with. Um, there's just too much to it, and blaming doesn't really help anybody. You know, what does that fix? Seeing a problem and addressing it, that causes change, and I'm all about causing change. So why was it important for you to do this and create this change? Like I said, uh, I saw wrong, and I needed to write it. Lost Innocence, the Tanisha Barnes story was created in memory of two-year-old Tanisha Barnes. For families looking for assistance, be sure to head to the podcast summary for details about ways to get help. And to learn more about Tanisha Barnes and the work lawmakers are doing, go to wandtv.com. Thank you.